everybody, and welcome to Two Years Away, formerly known as the 140 and 146 podcast, formerly known as the Jeff Supana podcast. We are here for episode 27 today on what is a very, very special day. You might be asking yourself, why is today a very, very special day? And I actually have multiple answers for you. Uh, The first is that on Wednesday is the NBA draft, which is the greatest day of the year. Um, And in fact, we are two days away from the greatest day of the year, which is as on point as it could possibly be. Uh, The second answer to my uh, question of why it's a special day uh, might be unsatisfying for you yourself, but uh, we have Brett here, which is quite amazing. I know everyone will be super happy about it. Say hi to the, the fans, Brett. The best part about this is Brett's mic's not working, so he's going to get that figured out, and we're going to get that taken care of. But the third, the third reason for why today is a special day is because we have a guest here with us whose microphone is working. Um, and without further ado, he needs no introduction, so I will let him have the floor. The outlaw has returned. Hello, everyone. Max Kimball here to talk to you about the NBA draft and talk to you about other things that Brett will talk to you about. But just now, I've been listening. I've been hearing what the people have been saying about me, and I'm ready to unleash fury. Spoken, spoken like a true outlaw. Brett, your mic is still is not working, so we will all part of the plan. All right, is this is this better now? (laughs) I don't know. You should maybe the fans should answer that question. But yes, Brett, we can finally hear you. Hey, you can hear me. Say hi, everyone. Hello, everybody. How's uh, hope you're all doing well? Um, as Steve said, uh, one of one of our favorite days of the year uh, is coming up in in you know just about two days, um, and I think you know there's obviously a lot that's unique about this year's NBA draft, but uh, that doesn't mean we are any less ready to figure out who the next two years away guy is. And so with with that, you know, what what we have on tap for you guys today is our is our full blown mock draft. We're going picks one through 30 all the way through the first round just so that you guys um, are armed to have intelligent conversations uh, while you are watching the draft virtually with all of your friends. And we fully recommend that you do not gather in large groups to watch the draft this year for the sake of safety. Um, so we are going to go rapid fire through each pick here, um, and we hope this won't take uh, too many minutes out of your life in order to sit through it. But before we do that, like we do every episode, we're going to start today by talking about how we've been running the ball recently. So Mr. Microphone, uh, microphone Imperfect Man, Brett, do you want to get started? Sure. I think I think you got to do a little bit of workshopping with that nickname. It's it's a lot of syllables. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let the creative team here at two years away uh, figure that one out. Magic um, Mike. <laughs> See, even better. That's why the Kimball, that's why we keep you around. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, so recently I have been been running the damn ball. Um, you know, it's it's 
it's finals week your finals week is coming up shall i say uh for for myself and and several other students around the globe um and so it's really been kind of an exercise in uh just prep work so you know that's that's the thing you want to lay a solid base when you're uh when you're about when you're running the ball you know you want to make sure that uh you're taking care of all your blocking assignments and everyone's in the right place and you're you're getting all your study guides done so that when you know the time comes to to hit that big chunk play through the air uh, everything's been set up perfectly so that's that's what i've been doing recently awesome well i'm gonna let i'm gonna let uh max finish us up here for, for me uh i've been running the ball I, I actually started something new last week um which is going for morning walks and uh yeah in, incredibly effective effective way to start your day with a little bit of exercise uh you know not not morning runs you know not morning intense workouts just just enough to kind of set the tone for the day uh, and establish you know establish good habits um so very analogous to running the balls and running the ball in more way than one sounds like a great idea um and also you're getting closer to the ten thousand steps we're all trying to achieve uh, every day, if you get a couple of those thousand done in the uh, in the AM, um, I have been running the damn ball this week. By uh, as you guys know, um, I uh, went to uh, visit my parents this week, which was very exciting. hadn't seen them in a little while. And I thought it would be a relaxing time, um, you know, maybe uh, get away from the schoolwork for a little bit and uh, sit on the couch and uh, watch some sports with uh, with my folks. Unfortunately. Um, I was uh, disturbed uh, when uh, my mom uh, said to me, Max, um, can I talk to you outside for a moment? I was like, uh, yeah, okay. And I you know, had thought, okay, I, gotta, um, I don't know why we're going outside to have a conversation, but it seems like it might be serious. So she goes out, and um, I uh, follow her about two or three minutes later. And uh, what I find is that the entire front, um, front yard is covered in leaves and she hands me a rake and um what she had to say was less in words and more in actions of her handing me a rake and walking back inside <laughs> so what i would like to say is i ran the damn ball by uh sometimes you just got to get the uh, the rake out and put the leaves into a pile so uh i did that for my uh parents so we're even i think <laughs> Um, I also, I don't know, this doesn't happen, I think a lot on the show and, you know, rightfully so, but I, I, I apologize. I have to make an exception. I have to recommend that somebody starts to run the damn ball. And yes. I don't, I hate to call people out, but I would like to, um, request that Tony LaRusso runs the damn ball because that would mean that he's not drunkenly <laughs> driving the damn ball. <laughs> By the way, breaking news into the podcast as of this AM, Maricopa County has dropped all charges uh, related to the Tony La Russa incident uh, as of this morning. Now, reports are his uh, blood alcohol level was 0.095. Everyone knows the legal limit is 0.08. So, wait, wait. Uh, apparently, apparently, I'm seeing that the charges are not being dropped as of 3 this afternoon. Oh, breaking news to the breaking news. <laughs> We've got some uh, reports here. Yeah, so... Uh, so it's going to be, who is Jerry Reinsdorf? 
pain to drop the charges. Yeah, apparently, yeah, it's someone exactly. very irresponsible because they're not very good at dropping. <laughs> charges. Uh, the dismissal was a formality because the char- the case was filed in the wrong court. Oh, come on, guys! They, they, they got to refile the charges. This was only the second most important thing to happen in Maricopa County this month. So, very fascinating indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, Maricopa County, um, please pick up the damn ball, and uh, <laughs> Tony, just 20 start, start. Yeah, it's just high. Just run the damn ball. <laughs> I love that. All right, um, and with that, we're gonna jump right in. So, Brett, do you want to take us away? Yeah. So, just uh, we we did a little uh, pre-draft. Uh, who wants to go first? And I went first. So. Uh, yeah, we're just going to do, like, like Steve said, the first round, um, and then we'll kind of sprinkle in some time at the end to talk about um, any uh, potential second-round picks we're looking at, things of that nature. Um, and then, yeah, so we're just, you know, do the picks. And just uh, for reference, as we've done in the past, uh, we will not be looking at, you know, any trades. We're just doing the draft order as is, uh, as of 8.26 p.m. Central Time on uh, November 16th. So with that being said, I have the first pick. I am currently the GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, and honestly, like there's, there's a lot, obviously, you know, the first pick always has a lot of options, but I feel like this draft and, and you guys can obviously jump in if, if you think differently, but like there's as little known about who the, te- for the first team is going to take uh, probably since 2013 uh, with the infamous Anthony Bennett draft. So with that in mind, um, I honestly, I'm still, I'm still going back and forth. Um, and I think at the end of the day, the Minnesota Timberwolves end up selecting uh, Anthony Edwards out of the University of Georgia. Um, so with Anthony Edwards, uh, you're going to get a really interesting combo guard, a guy that really was asked to do too much for how bad his, his college team was at, at the University of Georgia. Um, and, but you also, at the same time, get a player that fits better next to D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns in that, in that core that Minnesota is trying to build wherever that, that ends up getting them. And you also have someone that, you know, it sucks that you have to think about it this way, but you have someone that's way more likely to sign a second contract uh, in Minnesota than potential other players on the board to be named. Uh, feel, free to, feel free to jump in there, guys. You know, I think it's it's the right call. I mean, I um, he's not he's number eight on my personal big board, but when you look at um, his just unbelievable athleticism, I I understand why he's so uh, tantalizing to a front office. Um, and I think that um, well, well, I wasn't all that impressed by the ESPN two clutch sports, uh, advertisement slash, uh, workout, uh, at least the, uh, pieces of it that I saw. Um, I still think that he showed a lot when he was at Georgia and, um, you are right. He had, he was asked to do too much and he's not going to be asked to do that sort of stuff. Um, when he's on a team with a guy who's ball dominant as D'Angelo Russell or a team with a guy who is just as offensively gifted as Carl Anthony Towns, my concern, but this would be my concern with any draft pick who is athletic, but maybe not as driven as some of the other guys, is is Ryan Saunders a motivator? And um, is he a guy who can get the best out of his players? But that's more of a Timberwolves problem than an Anthony Edwards problem. Yeah, 
Oh, Steve, were you going to say something? I was going to say that I think I think it's uh, I think we should shift to the number two pick now. Um, oh. And so, Max, that's you. Yep, Max, okay. that's you with the so, Warriors. So I have a just a quick question. Are, am I pick because I I have it set up so I can do both. Uh, am I picking who I think they should take or who I think they will take? Either either or. Okay, because this pick it's the same, but then uh, later on it's going to get a lot weirder. Um, <laughs> so you know, but this is the thing: every GM has different opinions, and so that's how we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the listeners are going to be mad next time. But this time I'm going with James Wiseman. Um, I think if there's any system that he's going to work in, it's going to be the Warriors, and it's going to be Draymond Green screaming at him the way that he was screaming at um, Eric Pascal and Amari Spellman um, for the last uh, couple of years. Um, super talented guy. Obviously, there wasn't a huge uh, amount of uh, footage to see from his uh, freshman year at Memphis. But the thing that I really just couldn't get over was how... Um, was how... Um, was how athletic he is and how good at rebounding he is. It's the thing that he's going to need, um, uh, especially as Draymond gets a little bit older and gets maybe less feisty. Um, I think he's going to be an interesting guy to pair with those two shooters plus whatever they can try and get in a Wiggins package. Um, so for me, it was just who's going to be the best positional fit. And at this point, it's Wiseman. Yeah, I mean, I think... When you're looking at, at the Warriors' needs for this year, a rim-running center is right up there. And, uh, you know, he fits the bill pretty well, at least at this point in his career. At, at number three, uh, that's the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I'm I'm taking Obi Toppin. Ooh. Um, I think a lot of reasons why I think that could make sense. Obi Toppin kind of thrived in a, in a smaller market in college. Um, and I think... Uh, all, all signs there would point to him being able to do that in a in a place like Charlotte. That while it's a small market in NBA sense, it's not as small of a of a city as, as you think. And I think they do well. You know, he could do well there. Although I'm not sure that that's number one on his priority list now. But I do think uh, it makes sense from a from basketball standpoint, though. Is I think the 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 reaction to last year, I think around the league, is you're going to see teams uh, build. You know, wing depth even over positional fit. Um, and I think what you saw with teams like the Lakers, Clippers, and even you know to a degree with 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 the Nuggets, uh, you've seen it with the Raptors too. Is, is just get as many wings out there as you can. You know, they're versatile, can play both ends of the floor, um, and uh, and and you know are are I guess kind of what baseball fans would call kind of the five tool players. The guys could do they could do everything, and I think. Um, with Obi Toppin, you're you're getting a guy in that mold, um, and, and you know I know the the obvious thing with this pick is uh, there's an obvious I think point guard on the board, but with Tito three sticks there, and and kind of what they what they got going on uh, there with Bridges and the uh, twenty plus million dollar man as of today, um, I, I you I, I think it'll I think it'll work. Um, and I, I think I think Toppin's the pick here. I think he's actually the, the best player available at this point with uh, the the two picks that have been taken here. Wow, that is that is a take. Wow, I didn't, oh, I didn't think I need the fire extinguisher so early. Um, <laughs> I did. We did have we did have a quick listener question um, from our probably our only uh, Charlotte Hornets fan uh, listener, and so shout out Riley for the question. But 
he's asking if there's any way that we could see Wiseman ending up in Charlotte. And, you know, I think, I mean, just from my perspective, that a lot of that hinges on what Golden State ends up doing with that pick. I think there's a fairly high likelihood that someone could trade up for player to be named later on this draft, I'm guessing. Um, although the way things are going, who knows? Uh, and also, I think that's also part of the reason that Steve didn't uh, made the pick for Obi. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd love to see uh, Wiseman join Charlotte. So, I mean, like, there's absolutely a chance that that could happen. I wouldn't be shocked if they um, if they uh, took the three pick, added a player, and moved it to, to the uh, two pick just to uh, continue to, like, give the Warriors some assets. Because I really don't think unless um, a team falls in love with Wiseman, I don't really know what the difference is between having the two or the three if another team um, is looking for someone as long as it's not Wiseman and Edwards. Yeah, I was going to say, ask the Chicago Bears how that turned out for them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, well, we can keep going. Um, but, yeah, so I think, I think you know, you know, kind of we're trying to speed through this a little bit, but I think, yeah, the, the Warriors at two kind of determine the outset of, of the rest of this draft as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm up again. Uh, I have my my hometown Chicago Bulls. Um, yeah, I mean, Steve, you kind of left me a weird a weird decision to make here that I really was not anticipating making, um, and I really do think that you did this on purpose. Uh, you know, be it be it far from you to uh, uh, the 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 board has no biases, Brett. I think, but I think you you might. Um, the board all has right, no so. Biases. So I'm I'm the Chicago Bulls. I'm Arturis Karnasovas. Um, you know, first hire. Really want to make sure I nail it more than any. Or first draft pick. Want to make sure I nail it more than anything. So I think given the 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 state of the Bulls and how desperate the the fan base is to kind of achieve some sense of normalcy, uh, I'm gonna pick Denny Avdija out of Israel. Um, so you get your wing guy that honestly they never really had even with Otto Porter on the team since he's played like maybe 45 games as a bowl total in uh, the, you know, two-ish seasons he's been on the team. Um, you know, you're, you're getting a guy that that will kind of come in and give you, be able to give you minutes right away. He has the professional, like legitimate professional experience um, coming from one of, one of the better leagues in the world. Um, you have a position of need, someone who won't take the ball away from guys you're trying to develop, like uh, Kobe White, Zach Levine, if they choose to keep him. Um, and can, you know, make, make plays that involve, uh, the, the, the big guys you're also trying to bring along, uh, on a, on a really relatively young team. I am a little bit worried about his jump shot, but I think that like, I mean, at this, at this point in this draft, everyone's going to come with some sort of flaw. Um, you, you know, there, there really aren't any like guys that are right away pegged to really make a huge difference. I think, um, and so I think, you know, you, you have a a really high floor guy, which is kind of what this franchise has been doing for, for a while, um, but one that can still come in and contribute contribute immediately and uh, won't detract from the other guys you're really trying to develop. So that's that's my pick for the Bulls. Uh, and I am actually on a personal level happy with that. Love the pick. Love the pick so much that I'm mad because uh, that was who I was going to take at five. Um this is where the draft gets a little bit uh, weird again, because um, I'm just picking the guys that I like the most. I'm going Terry's Halliburton. 
uh, for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm not even saying it the correct way where the Cleveland Cavaliers select Tyrese Halbert. I'm so happy as the Cavaliers to get him that I just throw the name up on the board. Here's what I'm looking for with the Cavs. I need a functioning adult. Okay, I just need someone who's going to show up, understands what they can do, understands their role, isn't going to be confused by all the tall guys around. Um, I mean, they, they're going to, by the end of this uh, offseason, they're going to have like four overpaid tall guys. And they already have Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. And I'm still not entirely sure who their uh, coach is right now. But what isn't I it? It's know, J.B. Bickerstaff, isn't it? Oh, okay, that's good. I like Dylan Windler's got to be pretty upset with you right now. Dylan Windler didn't play last year. I'm sure he is. I'm sorry. But, you know, he's here's the deal. He's a tall guy. <laughs> he's like 6'8". Uh, I was talking about Nance, uh, Love, um, Drummond, and uh, Tristan Thompson, if he signs with them. And also, I think Kevin, Kevin Porter did just get arrested. Like, and Kevin yesterday. Porter just got arrested. And Dan Gilbert's not an adult. So I need one guy there who is responsible and committed to winning and committed to making the people around them better. And that's what I know I get with Halliburton. I mean, I think he's a really great uh, combo guard uh, who is specifically better at point. Um, yeah, his shot looks weird, but it's going to be the most normal thing in Cleveland anyway. So, like, it's going to be fine. Um, so that's why I'm going with Terry's Halliburton. I just need somebody who's going to give me a sense of normalcy and has a high floor. Yeah, I mean, Halliburton's one of my favorite players in this draft, so you're not going to catch any. I mean, um, especially given kind of the weird shape of the Cavs roster, like, I, I, I think that's a, that's a good fit. All right, I got, I got six, which is the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so, okay, in, interesting, interesting pick here. I'm going to go with, um, and I'm going to, I never have gotten this pronunciation right, but I'm going to go with the Kongwu here. Mm. Uh, so I think this this was interesting. There's there's two obvious point guard candidates that you could take here, but I don't think it's prudent to take a point guard when the future of your franchise is your kind of star uh, ball handler. Um, and given kind of all the wing weapons, three and D type guys that they have around him, I, I think it makes sense to go big here. Um, and and that's kind of really the the logic behind behind this pick here. Yeah, I mean, I, I love a Kongwu too, um, and I think given the style of basketball the Hawks are trying to play, uh, he fits in better with them than a lot of the other teams that are the possibilities for him. Yeah. Um. All right. So I have the Pistons at seven, and in in real life, I think. If if this is how the board ends up shaking out, I think we see New York. I think we see the Knicks come in hard with a trade offer here uh, for Detroit. Um, but assuming you know that's that's obviously not the case. That's not what we're doing here. Uh, I am going to put. I'm going to have the Pistons drafting Lamelo Ball um, seven. They'd be thrilled to get him. I know there have been rumors about them tra- trading, tra- trying to trade up to that two spot. Um, and they, I mean, they they desperately need a playmaker. Um, they need someone that can run the offense. Uh, they don't really have a point guard on the roster right now, unless Derrick Rose is still there, but I think he's up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you, I think at this point, he's your best player available. Um, he brings a dynamic that no one, no one has really kind of had in Detroit for a really, really long time. Um, he's got the passing vision to set up their guys that can't shoot. Um, 
he can jack up 30 feet, jack up, jack up shots from 30 feet when, uh, you know, the guys on his team aren't moving because they're all terrible. Um, basically, he'll easily be the best player on the court anytime that Blake Griffin isn't playing uh, at as a rookie. So I think, you know, obviously there's some questions about whether he sees himself long term in Detroit. But I think for a team trying to get relevant again for the next five years, it makes the most sense. Does that include Christian Wood? He is technically not on the roster. Oh, He's no, I know. Agent. I'm saying, though, do you think he uh, stays with the team or no? Oh, um, I mean, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, questions there. I, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of people coming after him um, and there will, there will be a, a suitable market for him, but, but you know, if I'm Detroit, I do everything I can to keep him. He's really good. Yeah. Death taxes and the mid-level exception. Three things you can always <laughs> count on. Um, no, exactly. but, I mean, yeah. Makes sense. Um, so uh, I'm the New York Knicks. Um, sorry. I wish I, as, as the GM, I resign, but um, unfortunately, <laughs> I have to make the pick before uh, I leave Dolan forever. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm, go- I- I'm, I'm making the French backcourt of a lifetime. I'm going with Killian Hayes. Um, I understand that he and uh, RJ and Frank aren't going to necessarily make all that uh, much sense as a combination. But the thing that I was just really struck by, and again, I I can't pretend like I was watching a lot of um, German league or French basketball, but what I was finding a lot in his uh, highlight reel was I was just, I was so impressed by his defense. I was so impressed by his defense. And I was just thinking like, if I can see him and Frank, uh, playing lockdown defense. I, I understand RJ can't play the three, but I'm like, at, in, at this point in the draft, I feel like if his playmaking continues to evolve, if his shot gets even better, um, he could be what people were actually hoping. And I'm, I'm sorry to pour salt in the wounds here. He could be what uh, people were, were hoping Chris Dunn could become. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really a lot to like about him. So I, I get that pick for sure, especially coming from another team that basically needs everything. With, with Washington's pick at number nine, I'm going to take Devin Vassell. I think with Washington, you're, you, you have to start thinking about a post-Bradley Beal world. And I think this is the guy you put your chips in on at this stage of the drafts. Um, I mean, you know, to be honest, the most kind of likely scenario with Beal is, is probably a trade where you, you know, you're going to get cents on the dollar. I don't know how many cents, but, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get back anything near the player of Bradley Beal. And so while kind of similar to the, the last team that we talked about, there's, there's a lot of plenty of, of needs that this team has, but I think, I think with with what's left on the table and uh, with what they'd be losing, this is the quickest fix for that need that's about to become a big need. Yeah, and actually, this this kind of rolls into the question we had about the Wizards because we love our fans. Um, so yeah, I think I think you kind of answered it there. It's like it it makes more sense for them to to go after a more not necessarily a project, although if that YouTube video is is true, then Vassell is much more of a project than any of us have previously thought. Um, but kind of do like, like you know, someone building for the future instead of trying to find a way to make it work and get get to the playoffs this year, right? That was, that was kind of the thinking. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I mean, you you do it at a at a wing like position. I think is, is yes. Yep. That I love the pick. Make, yeah, same. Um, he's I, he's one of my favorite players in this draft. Um, so I'm I'm you know obviously intrigued to watch his development. Um, all right. So number ten, the new look Phoenix Suns. Um, obviously with uh, with Chris Paul aboard now. Uh, you've got um, your your point guard settled, um, and you, you know you trade away Kelly Oubre, um, but you hope that McCall Bridges is kind of the guy that can can step up and and be that be that four uh, or be the be that wing, excuse me. Um, so you you really kind of have a lot of options here. Um, you know, I think that it makes the most sense. Um, to go after, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, Isaac Okoro. Just keep building that wing depth. So the wing uh, out of Auburn, um, you know, I think that he immediately beca- comes in and is another three and D guy. Um, you can never have enough of those uh, in the in in the NBA. Um, but I think he's also someone that would develop that would that would um, benefit highly from you know Chris Paul being there if he, when he gets on the floor as a rookie. Um, just kind of being able to score off ball um, and provide that extra defense that that the Suns are going to be looking for. So Isaac Okoro at ten, um, really good. Uh, okay, so uh, with the eleventh pick, um, the San Antonio Spurs uh, will select Aaron Nismo. I believe it's not pronounced Naismith. If I, um, uh, I thought it was. Uh, I heard somebody say Naismith, um, but if I'm Adam Silver, I'd get the name correct. Um, I just think he's a great, great three-point shooter. Um, their uh, shooting guard, as of uh, today, Demar Derozan, refuses to shoot three-pointers. They have two guys, the two highest-paid guys on the roster, who love shooting the ball at the top of the key. Um, I know there are some guards here who are really impressive. I just haven't. I like Lonnie Walker and DeJounte Murray um, and Derek White. So I'm a little afraid of uh, of adding another guy into the mix there. And Smith, I just think he, he works really hard and he has a great three-point shot. And um, I, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of uh, what he can do on defense. Um, I think he's like he's no Isaac Okoro, but like seems like he can hold his own out there. And so um, I think that uh, it would be fun to add him into the Spurs mix. Yeah, yeah, really like that pick. I think it's a good, I think it's a good fit there. All right, we're we're getting to the point here where <laughs> there, for some of us have forgotten uh, guys that have been taking it already. Brett, are you are you keeping track of a big board anywhere? I I am. Uh, do you need me to just read every read? Do you, do you want to do a little? Do should I do a little recap? Yeah, do do. Let's do a recap of the first eleven picks here. Um. All right. So we had uh, Anthony Edwards to the Timberwolves at one, Wiseman to the Warriors at two, Obi Toppin three to the Hornets, Denny Avdija four to the Bulls, Halliburton five to the Cavs, uh, Anyeka Kongwu to the Hawks, Lamelo Ball Pistons, Killian Hayes at eight to the Knicks. Am I going too fast for you? No. Um. Devin Vassell at nine to the Wizards. Uh, and then Isaac Okoro at 10 to the Suns before Eric Nesmith 
uh, at 11 to the Spurs. I almost oh, said yeah. Max. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. They, okay. Uh, I am, oh, I'm glad you did this because I was going to do something stupid if I didn't remember that this guy was still on the board. So with so Sacramento Kings, uh, not really rational like team management that you got there. Uh, so you know when you think about this team, you got a bunch of playmakers on offense uh, and an offense that's explosive at times. So uh, in a normal world, you would select a team to do something incredibly irrational. You would select this team to do something incredibly irrational here, like take Cole Anthony. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have these guys take Patrick Williams so that they can take a guy that can complement that crazy offensive system that they have there with a little bit of a little bit of muscle and hustle and shot blocking and defensive ability, which I think will fit right in with what this team needs the most now because I think this team is ready to be a playoff team next year. And so they're going to go with what helps them that need the most yeah i mean can't argue with that he's definitely one of the kind of top rising prospects um that that we've seen uh recently um especially you know interesting given the fact that there really aren't workouts or the combine or anything like that um but yeah very very solid pick there um man all right um so I've got the Pelicans at 13, and I'm going to go with, um, you know, based based on, I think, more than anything, um, recent rumors that, you know, Drew Holiday is, in fact, on the board. Um, I'm going to have the, the New Orleans Pelicans draft Kyra Lewis Jr. Uh, out of Alabama. And I think besides... Um, besides Patrick Williams, as I just mentioned, like another one of those guys that has really been shooting up draft boards um, recently, I think kind of over the season, you know, and I, this also might be a, a symptom of just playing for an Alabama team that really couldn't quite get over the hump during the college season. Um, you know, one of those guys that really, really shooting up the draft boards recently. Um, people, people really, really like this guy. He's quick. He's fast. He can score. Um, and, that's you know the Pelicans are going to need uh, a guy to step into that to that two guard spot, especially you know given potential scoring issues with Lonzo Ball, um, and to kind of draw attention away from from the development of or from from Brandon Ingram as he uh, continues to kind of be the go to scorer on that team. Um, so I think you know the more scorer is always good. Um, I know he's he's Carlos is definitely slight, uh, so he might have a couple physical issues, but. You know, good shooter, you know, good, decent, decent height for for an off-ball guard, um, and you know, I think he's a he's a good fit in in uh, New Orleans. And before we get on to fourteen, real quick, we did have one question from uh, from listener Sean uh, Kimball, as resident Celtics fan. Do you think the Celtics make all three of their picks? Absolutely not. Uh, I would love it if they did. Uh, I think they're going to package. Uh, actually, I think they'll uh, potentially package fourteen. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why, but, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to make all three of those picks. And if they do, uh, not to spoil what's going on later, you will hear the name Theo Maladone or Leandro Balermo. And we will not, they will be two years away from being two years away. Um, and you know, those are, those are really the guys we care about here. We don't care about anybody else. Just, uh, just those guys. 
But uh, yeah, unfortunately, not enough roster spots for all of them. Um, I think Kyra Lewis Jr. is a great pick, and I think um, they're going to be lucky that he's available. I don't think he would have gotten past Phoenix if they didn't make the Chris Paul deal. I agree with that. And so, uh, you know, good good news for Phoenix, good news for New Orleans, good news for Max, because it means that the Celtics are up at the number 14 pick. And um, why I wanted the two pick overall, and I uh, didn't tell you guys that that was the reason I was going to say, as soon as... As soon as I was making this like little spreadsheet, I was like, okay, Max has two of the Celtics' three picks. Okay, I get it. Yes, yeah, see, now you know what I was doing. I needed to figure out what I could get. Um, and I didn't save this guy just because um, uh, I wanted him to go to the Celtics, because obviously you guys have the chance to take him as well. But uh, he is in my top 10. I'm excited if this could happen, although I don't expect it will. Uh, with the number 14 pick, the Boston Celtics are selecting Terrell Terry. Um, Brad Wanamaker is not a backup point guard for a uh, team that is contending, in my opinion. Uh, you can't count on him to play 15 to 20 minutes of important basketball. Um, I've loved everything that I saw of Tyrell Terry. I think um, seeing that he's grown a little bit, that he's added muscle is terrific. Um, his form is outstanding. I love his shot. I love the way that he sees the court. Um, he seems like a smart guy. He seems like somebody that I would like to buy multiple beers, even though I do not drink. And he's not allowed to drink because he's 19, so nobody in Boston buying beers yet. Um, and I know he's going to end up going uh, somewhere before 14, uh, and that's okay. But I'll always wish the best for him as long as he doesn't go to uh, the Sixers of 21. Um, I haven't said a lot about him, but it's just I, uh, I don't want to jinx any good stuff. But I, I have a lot of faith in him. Yeah, no, probably one of the best shooters in this in this draft. Uh, the the growth spurt in extra weight has been, you know, huge for his his potential uh, draft stock. And uh, yeah, I think I think he's going to be a really really good player. All right, at 15, all right, Steve. At fifteen, we have the Orlando Magic. And uh, before we make this pick, we it's time for the token Orlando Magic joke that we make every podcast. Uh, the Orlando Magic are currently coached by Frank Vogel. Uh, so <laughs> need to know that. Um, and yeah, and he, he won a championship somehow. I don't understand the reasoning. They're yeah, putting his, his name in the rafters. <laughs> and obviously it, it, that also means it's time for our second token Orlando Magic joke of the podcast, um, which is where Brett and I make our bets that Orlando Magic wins uh, the Orlando Magic will win a road playoff game one in the first round of the playoff next playoffs next against, year against against Toronto. I well, against Toronto against Milwaukee against Boston um, maybe oh, against. That's right. It was Milwaukee. Sorry, my, Nets, my but, mistake. But, I I I misunderstood the joke. We won't talk about that now, though. Uh, but what we will talk about actually is uh, one of the key players uh, in. In both of those road wins that they've had in the playoffs the past two years has been uh, DJ Augustine, a tiny backup point guard. Um, along with the theme of tiny backup point guards, uh, I think this is where Cole Anthony lands. Um, he'll have to change the shade of his jersey blue to a slightly darker blue. Um, but look, the the Magic don't really need, uh, in my opinion, you know, they've got their big guy. They're big guys. Uh, they don't really need 
wings um, at this point as a as a first priority. But the the point guard situation to me is just like who the who the hell knows, you know. And so I think I think they they take a bet here on Cole, um, knowing that I, I actually think this is a very risky bet because the the floor is a lot more likely than the ceiling with this guy. But um, I mean, you know. Scores score, you know, guys with, with a nose for the ball, you know, then nose for the hoop, you know, find ways to score. And, you know, there's a chance that they strike gold on this guy and that he's, you know, he can be explosive. He struggled. He struggled last year at North Carolina big time. You know, there's no there's no doubting that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see with more spacing on an NBA floor, you know, can he really thrive there? Kind of like uh, and again, I'm not I'm not making this analogy to say that he's going to be the same caliber player, this guy, but Trey Young struggled mightily the back half of his, his one year at Oklahoma. Um, and so maybe uh, the floor opening up a little bit and another year of maturity in his game can open things up a little bit more for Cole Anthony. Yeah, I, I, I definitely see all your concerns about Cole Anthony. I think he was uh, probably the top top guy on my personal like do not draft unless absolutely necessary list um but yeah maybe maybe you know the unc just wasn't a good fit for him but i think you know i, I think it was a little bit different than trey young because people just realized that trey young was the only good player on his team and just doubled him um but yeah i think you know orlando is a, situ- a better situation for cole anthony because it's not going to be Hey, you have to come in and win all of these games immediately, and we have to go to the finals, uh, kind of like the expectations are at, at UNC. Don't so. insult the Orlando Magic fans who have made the playoffs each of the last two years, which is something that Pistons fans and Hornets fans and and Knicks fans would get really angry uh, at you at for just brushing off like that. That's I'm just saying, like they're not they're not trying to win a title this year. Is all is all I'm saying. Um, and at that, at, after that, we are at the halfway point. So, Steve, if you want to take us away here. Oh, okay. So it's time for the Supon. It's time for the Supon segment. Okay, um, I'm really excited for this Supon segment because I am about to discuss something that actually Brett sent to me, which I'm very thankful do that. Want, I, do you want what? to tell people what do you want to tell people what the Supon segment is in case you got some first time listeners? No, no, Brett, that's okay. your job. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, we are we are gathered here today to pay homage to the patron saint of our podcast, uh, Jeff Supon, by discussing any and everything average. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So um, I know we're all uh, we're all dealing with a lot of different emotions these days. That uh, that's in in relation to sports. You know, all our calendars are all messed up and. Um, and you know, for some teams, uh, w- whatever sport you're, you're talking about things, uh, things, have, things may have gone well, things may have not gone well. Uh, really the only, the only people that things have gone well for are people that currently live in the city of Los Angeles or somehow think they have a connection to Los Angeles and allows them to wear their sports gear from there, even if they have no association with the city. But that's, that's a whole other conversation. Um, what I want to talk about is... Uh, something that Brett sent me, uh, which is a it's a it's a link to a, a, a Twitter account that puts out the show called um, uh, the SEC like their SEC like grief therapist at the end of the day. <laughs> and um, 
I, I don't I don't I don't actually know what they're called. I'm probably doing these guys a disservice, but at the end of the day, it's free advertising for them. But what they taught me is um, for any of you college football fans out there, um, there's a thing that they talk about, which is called the Georgia cycle of grief, um, which is basically how all Georgia fans deal with uh, their losses or their their bad performance. And I think people on the podcast will particularly appreciate it. There's four stages of the Georgia football grief cycle. It goes denial, uh, followed by bargaining, which most psychology people will know of as typical stages of grief. However, the third one takes a little bit of a turn. Uh, third stage is golf, where all you do is just play golf all day. Hmm. Uh, but the fourth stage, which is by far the best, is the run the damn ball uh Grief cycle. It's actually I should I should call it that. It's just run the ball. It's not run the damn ball. I added the the word damn there, but um, yeah, it's apparently the stage of grief where all you do is just sit in front of the TV and scream run the damn ball when you're watching a football team, which I can certainly relate to. Um, and so finding out about this was really special for me this week. Um, and and so that's my long winded Supon segment. But thank you, Jeff. Uh, thank you, thank you, Brett, for adding that in my life, and thank you, Jeff, for existing as a human. And uh, and shout out, shout out, Spencer Hall and Richard Johnson on uh, thinking out loud on the SEC network for uh, the gem in the first place. Got to get credit where credit's due. Um, I can tell. I'll take. I'll take this next one. Um, so I've realized, like, obviously, over the last eight months now, geez. Um, you know, I've we've gotten a lot of food delivered and 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 carry out. Uh, you know, just from living inside for the last eight months. Um, and so I've realized that, like, you you know how sometimes you know how sometimes you're just like craving uh, like a delivery burger. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. The answer is yes. Almost so, every yeah. day of my life. Yeah. So I've realized that, like, you know, when you get a burger delivered, like, it's for the most part, you know, good. And, but I've realized that getting fries delivered is just incredibly average because, like, a, I mean, there's no such thing as bad fries, but like having fries that are lukewarm and already kind of soggy just really detracts from the experience that I, you think you're gonna get. I think so. Yeah, getting fries delivered is uh, is the average is my supon bit of the week. That's a phenomenal pick. Um, I'm, I really like that. Um, and I wish I had something food-based, but, but alas, I do not. I have two things. Um, so uh, we're recording on Monday. Yesterday was the, uh, the last, uh, was the fourth round of, uh, of the Masters. Uh, Augusta. Um, an Augusta unlike any other as Jim Nance liked to talk about since it was in <laughs> November. So I was watching uh, the end of it uh, with uh, my family, and what I realized was um, I couldn't stop looking at the caddies. All these guys have numbers. And I don't know why they have numbers, and they have to wear their their golfer's name on the back of a white jumpsuit that looks like what you would wear if you were going to wash windows of like a fifty story building. So I became really interested in this idea of like you're in the fourth round, so you obviously did well, but I'm watching a guy like Scotty Scheffler, who's going to end up at like seventeenth, 
And he's on like the 13th hole still consulting with his caddy. And I'm like, why? What is the caddy doing at this point other than carrying the bag? Like, I mean, he can tell him, like, okay, yeah, you're gonna like, you're 150 yards away, but it's like, he's already lost. It doesn't matter. And so I'm saying professional caddies for people that are not in the top 10 of best golfers in the world is a really funny thing. And, um, I, I, I think they deserve respect because they're doing the same amount of work as um, Joe LaCoya, uh, who is Tiger Woods' caddy, um, but without the recognition. So I wanted to say, um, Scotty McGinnis, I saw you yesterday, and I saw that you were putting the work in. Um, I love that. So I wanted that's to uh, give Scotty some credit. And then uh, I have one last one, if that's okay. Go for it. Um, I read my first John Grisham book this week. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, those are fun books. I'd give it a read. It's called Calico Joe, and it's about baseball. Nice. And I had myself a time. So there you uh, go. N- now I can say that I read a John Grisham book. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's the... Um, that's the Supon segment uh, as Cordell, Cordell Patterson drops a hand off. Um, so yeah, I uh, just uh, we're about to have we're we're halfway through the first round. I think uh, maybe maybe Lightning last five rounds each. Yes, absolutely. All right, so uh, sixteen Portland Trailblazers are on the clock, and if I'm them, I'm ecstatic. Uh, Sadiq Bay is still on the board; he's my pick. Um, the Blazers desperately need. Uh, you know, some wing help, um, as they currently have like half of one. Um, so you get, you get a, a really good shooter who can also be a wing defender, step in and play right away. Uh, that's my pick Sadiq Bay. Max, you're up with the Timberwolves. 17, the Timberwolves select RJ Hampton. Ooh, I like it. Uh, pair him up with D'Angelo and, um, let's just let point guards work on offense and get 50 points a game. I like that. I think it'll be interesting to see what he, uh, what he got up to down in Australia. I, with, uh, with 18 Mavs, uh, to me, it seems like they need defense, uh, at the wing position desperately. And that's why I am going with precious Achiuwa. Uh, here uh, because of his his versatility, he's, he's a little bit of a project, um, but he is scary quick, moves his feet incredibly well when switching on defense and can guard uh, multiple positions where you don't where, that aren't going to require him having to to guard the post at least at this point in the career. So that's that's my pick. I like it. Um, yeah. No, I think. Uh... That, that that definitely makes a lot of sense. I think you know. I think someone should really uh really have us be uh, NBA GMs here. You know, <laughs> um, I think we're they're doing a pretty good job. Um, all right, so I'm up with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, obviously a lot of uh, things in flux for them right now, especially if they in, end up trading their entire team or Kyrie Irving uh, for uh, James Harden. But given the current roster setup. Um, I am going to draft Josh Green, uh, 
out of Arizona. Another just I feel I feel like most of my picks have been just wings this year. Um, he's he's a guy that'll you know start open up the floor for whatever whatever creating point guard they have leading the team this year, um, and also provide enough of a threat off the bench uh, to kind of you know so that they opposing defenders can't play off of him that much. Uh, and he'll also be able to step in again with with uh, good size and a really really good six uh, ten wingspan. Uh, be able to uh, play NBA level defense right from the get go. You grabbing all the three and D guys? I love it. Hey, it's uh, a three and D league. It is twentieth uh, pick Miami Heat. Yes. Um, I uh, with twentieth pick the Miami Heat select Tyrese Maxey. Love it. Um, good athlete, Goran Dragic just getting any younger yeah love that put him in that culture that rachel nichols loves talking about so much yes it's a lot of kentucky guys on that team (laughs) oh god all right all right i feel like we're gonna we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna go off the rails a little bit here especially uh kimball because you just stole my pick i don't know if this is too off the rails but um, I got Philly at 21, and we all know that Philly loves thoroughly mediocre backup point guards out of University of Arizona. Yes, do so it. Banyan, uh, come on over. I forgot he was in the draft this year. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not. Moss have him in the first round, so yeah. I don't know that it's that bad. Did you know that he and Chase Budinger are related? Oh, my God. I mean, I they're not. They're not. I was going to say, like, they just look similar. You, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you go down the, uh, the, you know, you go down that family tree, eventually you're going to hit the same branch. Is, uh, is Bruzowitz part of that branch, too? Absolutely. Mike, Bruce, Mike Bruzowitz. Yeah. Same with, same with Scal. Um, so, uh, Brett, your pick. Yeah. So I've got the nuggets here. Um, and I think based on the fact that they're probably going to be looking, uh, at more, more of a big guy. Um, I mean, I don't know that I really like love this per se, but I think, uh, you know, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to take uh, again, a little, little, maybe, maybe a little early. Uh, I'm going to go with Isaiah Stewart out of Washington. Um, so I, I, you know, it's most, it's, it's likely that the, uh, the, um, Nuggets are going to lose Paul Millsap to free agency. Um, and so, you know, going to need some more big guys and yeah, Stewart's more of like an undersized center. Uh, so that'd be backing up Jokic, not necessarily something they played together with him, but, um, I think that with Stewart, you're getting, a really, really skilled, if maybe a little less athletic than you'd like him to be, guy. Um, and I think he's, you know, I think he, he's projected to eventually learn how to shoot, which will help out the Nuggets immensely. Um, but yeah, I, you know, for some reason subjected myself to a number of, of Washington basketball games last year and uh, really liked what I saw out of him. Only, only him. Um, so yeah, I think he'll be be a good asset for a, for a team like the Nuggets. Uh, so I have the Utah Jazz at uh, 23 mm-hmm. and there are uh, a couple of guys that I really love left on this board. And yet, uh, 
I can't help myself. I've got to do it. I'm taking everybody's favorite second round guy. Uh, I'm going Robert Woodard the second. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I love this guy. Um, I think he's a really athletic wing. And um, unless they're trading Gobert, which I really just don't think they're going to be able to find a bidder for, um, you might as well just get into that 3 and D game. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a, that's a solid pick, especially for, uh, you know, if you're drafting for need at that point, that's, uh, that's what you got to do. All right, with the Milwaukee Bucks, oh, I have Is Jalen Smith still available? Yeah, he is. I almost yeah. took. Yeah, him. he's uh, he's he's the pick here. Uh, he's already fired his agent for going this low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think um, you know, uh, I I actually for for his like. I guess scouting report. I don't know if that's the right word. Like he seems to me that he's going to start off as mostly just kind of a standstill shooter. Um, I know he can do a lot more, but from what I watched of him in college, it seemed like he's kind of most effective as a spot up shooter in transition um, and, and a catch and shoot guy specifically. Now he's got the length and all the potential in place to be a great defensive playmaker and, and a good cutter as well. And so I think the Milwaukee offense is the perfect place for him. Yeah, I agree, especially he's actually like got a pretty solid handle. So, you know, kind of one of those where he can actually kind of be a threat to put the ball on the floor, uh, which will, I think, help that in his shooting a hub open the floor up, which uh, they desperately need, especially with Brooke Lopez getting getting older. So I like that. I like that pick a lot. Um, and. All right. We are the Oklahoma. Oklahoma City Thunder at pick number 25. Uh, do I really want to do this? Um, no, actually. Um, actually, yeah. I think given, you know, with, with Steven Adams' obvious limitations on the floor, um, I think that you can kind of take this pick to use on a um, – well, did we have – did they have a pick already? No. Uh, all right. So, so I'm going to have them – take uh zeke naji out of arizona um kind of a guy we saw this year who was able to really put up some good numbers um as a less heralded recruit than arizona usually drops the bag for um so i think that you know he's he's got a lot of skills uh around the basket he's a he's a good rebounder he's not a great defender um and apparently he's been showcasing recently his um more of a jump shot, which again will bring a new dynamic to uh, an Oklahoma City team that uh, you know doesn't uh, really have any shooting big men. I love the pick. I think it's really good. And uh, hey, what's that? Uh, another pick for the Celtics at twenty six. <laughs> My goodness. Um, so, um, realistically, they're going to take, if they take three picks, they're going to have to take a draft and stash. Um, but um, I'm not doing that. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Desmond Bain. Great pick. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm looking at their roster and I'm thinking there's a really good chance. And I know it's not about need, and because, but I would also just say, I think he's like, in, at this point, he's one of the best guys out there left. But I am looking at them and just thinking, 
okay, uh, they're probably not going to pick up uh, Shemi Ojale's uh, contract on Thursday. And um, I think this guy's already a better offensive player than Shemi ever was. And uh, defensively, he's going to just fit right in as a uh, second unit player. So, doesn't bane. All right, I've, I've got the Knicks here at 27. Um, I, I think you guys will appreciate the logic here. So, um, <laughs> uh, we all know that the Julius Randle experiment, experience is just going great there, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and we also know that the New York Knicks love lefties, right? Can't get enough. We, we have them drafting Killian Hayes, so yes. Yeah. Well, and they got Maple Jordan. Well... Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I heard oh, that no. one. well, why not? Why not add to the party? Big Vern, come on over. Oh my God! Whoa, Vernon, Vernon Carey, right? I'm guessing. I love it. Dolan yeah. got drunk and let's, took over the let, phone. Let's. Why not draft Julius Randall's exact clone, but slightly slower and slightly less skilled? Let's do it. Let's have a party. Are you? Uh, are we sure that he's less skilled than Julius Randle? No, no, I could never be sure of that, Brett. I'd, I'd just like to say uh, to the listeners at home, um, and I know, uh, like, you know, you guys listen to these guys week, week in, week out. Um, I'm constantly texting them, asking them about college basketball guys, since I don't watch college basketball guys until they're about to become NBA guys. And I remember we got into a very lengthy text message conversation about Vernon Carey potentially being a good Celtics fit at the bottom of the, uh, of the first round. And oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. I, it's, Carey doesn't quite have the modern skill set. I do think he is actually really good. And I think, you know, if you put him on a team that's not the Knicks and needs him to like, you know, if the Celtics drafted him or the, you know, the Raptors or any kind of any of those teams, like, sure, he's got a year to kind of be in the D league or the G league, excuse me. Um, and like figure out how to shoot threes and like become a little, a little quicker and, and, and that sort of thing. But, um, I do think, I do think the potential is still there. I'm not giving up on, on, do you call him big Vern? The reason why I picked him is because he has my skill set. He literally <laughs> is me on a pickup basketball court. I don't, don't trust. I trust you to make the the open seventeen footer more than I trust Vernon Carey. Yeah, but have you seen his? Have you seen his nice little like uh, left, lefty spin move hook shot off? Yeah, the yeah. I know you've been you've been studying his game for the last six years. You've been studying his game since he was thirteen. Maybe <laughs> you've been studying my game, Brett. He, I, I, he actually, yeah, he did hit me up. He uh, asked for tapes of our uh, our. Senior year basketball games. Oh no! Don't bring back those sad memories. Um. All right. So I am. Uh, I've got the Oklahoma City Thunder again, and um, man, two picks for the Thunder. All right, I'm gonna go with a with a guard this time. Um, and I think when you're getting to this part of the draft, especially as a younger team, you want someone that's not necessarily a kind of shot in the dark. Just given what the Thunder are eventually trying to do and i think they end up trading this pick um but the, i am gonna go with an established um you know four-year point guard uh, the kind of guy that i'm really looking for to step on the court and immediately lead my second unit um 
And man, there are two good, really good choices here, but I'm gonna have to just, just my fa- one of my favorite players, especially you know once you get out of the lottery, uh, Peyton Pritchard, Oregon point guard. Um, dude's a winner. Dude is just a winner. He's done it. Uh, he's dragged some pretty mediocre teams to some good height to some to some good heights. Uh, he does not turn the ball over. Uh, he's great in the pick and roll, um, and he he's he makes the big shots. He, he takes he makes the big shots. So. Uh, I'm I'm really ho- I'm really hoping this dude is uh, is is picked up around here because I think he'll be an asset to a team. He would fit in so well with that team with that roster too. Just like these young guys who are like kind of badasses. Um, yeah, I love that pick. Apparently, I mean, uh, I believe uh, Kevin O'Connor said that he has been given a promise by some team in the uh, late uh, first round. Interesting. Um, but if that's uh, the Toronto Raptors at 29, then uh, yeah. Oklahoma City can break that promise for them. Yes. Um, uh, okay, so I'm uh, the uh, Toronto Raptors. Um, I have an old, I have an aging Mark Gasol. I'm not sure if I have Serge Ibaka coming back, but what I also know is that I have one of the best, uh, I've got a nurse, and I have one of the best medical staffs in the uh, <laughs> National Basketball Association. Oh my God. And so I'm going with, and you know, he's a good, he's a great player, but you got to keep him healthy. And that's what you do at 29 is you take those swings. Going with Killian Tilly. I like that. I like it. I like that. I we will have, we will have set the record Killian. for most guys named Killian drafted in the first round. Probably. I mean, and for good reason, you know, two years ago, Killian Tilly would have thought he would be the first Killian drafted in any draft. But this but, year he's the second. I I, I a two part question, mm-hmm. and it's really it's really an either or question. Are you sure that next year they won't be the Tampa Bay Raptors or the Buffalo Raptors? The, they're going to be the Buffalo Raptors. There's a better chance that they're going to be the Isla Nublar uh, Raptors from the the fictional island from Jurassic. Is it a fictional island in Jurassic Park? Um, I think it's. I mean so. the 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 people on the island and the raptors are uh, fictional but uh there's a better chance that they're from the island from jurassic park than they are playing in toronto in uh, a month and a half uh but yeah they'll be in buffalo and uh, i think killian tilly will be really interesting for them and they can sit they can really wait they can be patient they can maybe do an ogm nobi style thing or it's just like give them five minutes give them 10 minutes in games to figure stuff out but i just think he's so good and he has such a good shot. And when I look at what he can do well, I look at it and go, he has a really good stroke. And if the thing that they have been trying to do with Gasol and Abaka is have guys at the top of the key who are just launching uh, three-pointers outside out of pick-and-pops, uh, Killian Tilly was made for a pick-and-pop. Can't argue with that. You know, all right. Kimball, I have to say, I'm I'm honored that um, I'm going to be making this last pick for the Boston Celtics. Um, it, it really, uh, uh, I, I, it, it, it's an honor. Yeah, I'm, I'm speechless other than that uh, because I know you very badly wanted to be making this pick. Yes. Um, yes. And so, uh, uh, sometimes I can have a, a flair for the dramatic here, um, and I'm, I'm going to do something. That's that's very dramatic with this pick. Um, 
that probably Brett will not expect it at all. Um, I think so. You know, last pick of the first round can always be the most fun one. You know, especially if a team trades up. Um, I think everyone remembers the year that Lamar. Uh, I'm sorry, not Lamar. The year that Teddy Bridgewater was drafted with the last pick of the first round, and there's a trade up again. And it was one of the most fun moments of that NFL draft. Um, and so I'm about to bring the house down because, uh, Kimball, I know you want a backup point guard, um, but unfortunately, there's a there's a different one on the board that I think would make a lot of sense here uh, that will cause Brett to lose his shit. But with the 30th pick and final pick of the first round, uh, the Boston Celtics will select Cassius Winston. Interesting. I mean... I'm surprised you had him over Malachi Flynn, to be honest. But, um, you know, you get a winner. Yeah, I... You know, it's funny because, um, I mean, certainly an interesting pick. I'm not against it. Um, one thing that I know is uh, if if they're going to take anyone from uh, Michigan State, um, the um, inferior Michigan uh, program, in my personal opinion, um, but only my opinion on the podcast. Um, uh, Steve doesn't Michigan even man. think that. Um, but... Uh, uh, I think they would go Xavier Tillman, senior. I can't forget senior because otherwise people would think I'm picking his infant child. Um, but um, be, but they've met with Xavier Tillman and they uh, really like him. But I actually really do like Cassius Winston. I'd be happy if he was if he was a Boston Celtic. Yeah, you're getting you're, you're getting a, a Kyle Lowry type dude who's just gonna yeah makes winning plays in crunch time. That's all I can say from my experience. I'd, I'd love it. Thank you for the gift. I'm glad that we hired you. All right. So that's the first round. I think uh, maybe we can do one one trip around the circle and uh, just a couple like second round guys that we're, uh, we're, very, we're interested in. Second round undrafted sort of dudes. Um, I can start. Um, so, uh, you know, aside from some of the guys I mentioned, um, Dude, I love Sam Merrill, and Ooh. I want if the Bulls end up. I mean, 40, 40s, you know, forty's interesting. Forty's um, kind of maybe a little high, but uh, you know, and he'll be old for a rookie. But my God, can he score the hell out of the ball? Sam Merrill, Utah State, uh, just dead eye shooter. Again, dude that takes the big shot makes the big shot. Um, and then my second guy will be uh, out of Creighton, Tyshawn Alexander. Um, so I think he's a guy you can bring off to, to be a playmaker off your bench to start. Um, and he's also he also showed a proclivity to, to you know lock down the best of them in the Big East. Um, so I, I really like Tyshawn Alexander out of Creighton. I love both those guys. Yeah. Um, oh. I really really irrationally like Tasha Stanley. Yep. Uh, I don't know why, but I just do like, just love the speed and the wing winginess of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a, from a more like practical standpoint, the other guy that I would take a strong look at if I were, um, if I were a team that needs any type of like big man play is Daniel Aturu. Yep. Um, That's another one I like. 
Um, he's kind of a unconventionally looking like he when he when he plays he doesn't like look super he looks looks super uncoordinated like he doesn't really like look like he like is athletic or coordinated at all but he somehow makes the ball go in the basket um, and he's actually got really quick footwork um, then he can he's got a post game and shoot a little bit so that'd be my other guy I'd watch out for. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's another another higher. Or on my on my uh, on my board. Really like that one. Um, I, uh, I I like Tyler Bay. Um, I think yeah. that um, he's going to be a nice pick for somebody in the thirties who might end up actually being more valuable than their first pick. Not a guy. Not a team that's necessarily drafting in the top ten, but like a team that's a top ten team that's traded their pick. I could see him being actually a lot better than some of the guys who end up getting drafted twenty to thirty. Um, and then, um, you know, as much as I was kind of making fun of these guys, I did have to do a little bit of research on them and, um, kind of do like Leandro Balmero. It's a, it's an interesting character. And I think, uh, the two guys that like, I just, I, I, just because of, uh, the way that they, they look and act on the court, uh, I like Leandro Balmero. And I also, uh, think Jaden McDaniels could be kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but he's so underwhelming. But when I watch the high school stuff, I just, I don't know. I think I'm kind of, you know, you you fall in love with the thing that where you just go like, if he could turn that into a, a good player, but I don't know. Um, the one, and then uh, I have one player who I don't want any team that I would be rooting for to pick, but I'm also, I know for a fact at some point in his career, he's going to really annoy the crap out of me. And it's Doko as a bouquet. Yeah. At don't. some okay. point, at some point, he's going to get twelve points in a in a half, and uh, get a guy on my team into foul trouble, and it's going to annoy the crap out of me. Yeah, yeah, he's he's interesting. And yeah, I think McDaniel's again, having watched a lot of Pac-12 basketball last year, like is definitely one of the most like potential high ceiling, potential low floor guys because mm. he looks like so disinterested the entire like for half of the season. So I'm I'm intrigued to see what that ends up being. All right. Well, that's our our not so lightning round draft, but uh, I think I think you know we got we got some capable GMs in the in the house. Yeah, I think we got a shot. I mean, hopefully the next time that there's a um, there's a job opening, we can get an interview as a collective. Yeah. 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 yeah Steve, you you uh, you got the you got the the business operation side. Uh, I'm an X factor. Yeah. And and you're our creative department. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, basically, all I want to do is redesign the jerseys and the courts. <laughs> and I'll figure out something else to do. Um, well, uh, we thank everyone for sticking with us and tuning in. Again, the draft is Wednesday, I believe, at 6.30 Central is when coverage starts on. Oh, okay. Good to uh, know. I thought it was earlier than that. Double check that on me, but I believe that's when coverage starts. Uh, is this is the greatest day of the year? So uh, plan accordingly. You don't want to get caught off guard for that. Um, and as we said before, please uh, be safe while you're watching it. We don't want any. Uh, we obviously don't want any COVID transmission, but we also don't want any injuries while celebrating um, or uh, throwing things. Yeah, don't don't break no no broken TVs this year, guys. That's and that's not to say that there have been broken TVs in the past. But <laughs> no, no, I, no, there there haven't been. I'm just saying, just just as a reminder. We gotta keep the streak. Year. 
is it time to is it time to fire some guys? It's time to fire some guys. Sure. I don't know. Why uh, I'm gonna go last. Uh, All right. I think uh, Kimball, you should go first. Uh, is it okay if I go second? Because I got to uh, pull up my my fire sure. guy. I'll go first, and I'm I'm not firing a person. I'm firing a thing and a concept this week. Um, so I, I, Steve, I don't know if you have this because you don't have an iPhone, but uh, every Sunday morning I get an alert saying that my weekly screen time report and so my weekly screen time has either gone up or gone down based on how much I've been using my phone. And I want to fire that thing because it's been a stressful year. It was just a stressful couple of weeks. Everyone's been glued to their phone and glued to the news and just, you know, everything for, you know, a while. And I don't need to be reminded every damn Sunday that I've been spending a lot of time staring at my phone. I know that I have. Um, and I know exactly what apps it's been on. It's mostly been on Twitter, which is also just, I should fire myself for, but yeah, I, I uh, especially in, you know, in November, 2020, I do not need the weekly screen time report telling me how much of my life I'm wasting um, while trying to stay updated with what's going on in the world. That's, so I'm firing the screen time report. I'd, I'd like to hire the guy that figured out how to unglue you from the phone. <laughs> fair, fair play. Um, so yeah, you know, in times like this, like I'm not sure, you know, I, I hate to, to, you know, add to, to the unemployment rate, but you know, at the same time, um, one person, I don't know their name has uh, double crossed me for the last time. Um, yeah, it's been a stressful time watching a lot of, uh, you know, news and trying to understand the world and stuff. But also, we're watching a lot of stuff on Hulu um, and just watching, uh, catching up on uh, sitcoms and whatnot. Um, whoever decided that I need to watch the same commercials during every commercial break on Hulu and that every, like, so four times per half hour, I watch some guy who works for Progressive who's like, showing off his arm muscles because he's been spinning a sign. Um, I, whoever decided I need to watch that guy four times uh, per 30 minutes, it's just laziness. He's doing one quarter of the work. You have to come up with four different ads for me to see. I will never, I'm sorry, Progressive, I'll never support you. And it's because of the guy on Hulu uh, or at Hulu who's, uh, who's in charge of your advertising campaign. So Hulu, uh, fire that guy and hire me. I'm actually with you. I really hate all those progressive ads. Yeah, they're just not getting the job done for me. No. I right, I kind of like the remembering or the the morphing into your parents uh, ones, but the sign ones. Eh. Those are terrific. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, serious serious moment here. Um, the last almost six years have been an interesting time in my life, uh, but I think. We're going to have to reach a new phase of my life um, soon here. And uh, what I'm specifically talking about is the tenure of Jim Harbaugh at the University of Michigan. Um, and I know this is a, a big step for those that know me and are close to me. But uh, today I am I'm firing Jim Harbaugh from his post as head coach of uh, University of Michigan. Um, it was a good run, not a great run, but a good run. Uh, but I think it's uh, it's time to move on, given how things have turned out this year, um, really out of nowhere. Um, I think on thin ice, kind of going in, uh, 
but you know, you got to do what's best for the program, and this is what's best for the program. So, sorry, Jim, you're fired. Never thought I'd see the day. Had to be done. I'm glad we were the. I'm, I'm glad we were the ones to help him help him out the door. Yeah. While you're firing uh, coaches, can you fire Tony Larusa? I don't uh, think this podcast ever, uh, you know, saw him as the legitimate manager of the Chicago White Sox. I don't think we ever recognized that. Okay, good. As long as we all agree that it's still Rick Renteria. I think we should throw our names in the ring for for White Sox manager too. Ooh, I like that. Three men team. Can't get much worse. Actually, it can get a lot worse. But you know. And on that note, and on that note, uh, I think we'll wrap things up here. Um, thanks, Max, for coming out and joining us. Thank you all for for uh, listening to our uh, draft intelligence. Um, we hope you enjoy the drafts, um, and uh, we thank you for tuning in. Um, and have a happy, happy uh, Thanksgiving and a safe holiday season. And we'll t- we'll see you guys for the uh, free agency stuff. Thanks for <laughs> listening, guys. <laughs>